Welcome in the latest podcast. This is a Daily Wager Extra, the first one recapping the weekend of football. And of course, this was our first full weekend of football. I am Doug Kazarian, flying solo, a little different than we normally do. So I'm going to recap the past weekend. Obviously, Sunday's action so heavy, the opening Sunday of the NFL season. So awesome to see fans in the crowd getting after it. And a glimmer of hope of restoring full normalcy, if you will. But it definitely felt like the old times. And I bet the house would say it certainly felt like old times as well. A very successful weekend of college football and pro football booking. Our David Purdom, who does a wonderful job at ESPN.com and all the other platforms, had these quotes from bookmakers. Saturday was the best Saturday any of us can remember. And Sunday has been even better. I couldn't have asked for a better day to start the season. So not what we want to hear on this side of the counter. Some ridiculous beats, some wild point spread drama down the stretch. We're going to get into all that. I want to remind those, especially those listening Sunday or Monday, I should say, we have a between the lines mega cast. We had this during the playoffs last year. And the Ravens and Titans were doing it tonight for Monday Night Football. Raiders hosting the Ravens. And it'll be Tyler, Joe, and I holding down the fort in Las Vegas, and then the NFL Live crew out in Bristol. And we're going to have analytics, obviously in-game betting, all sorts of good stuff. So please join us Monday Night Football on ESPN+. Plus. So a special edition of Daily Wager, if you will, as we are normally off on Mondays, as you very well know. So just to put a kind of treetop treatment on Sunday, eight outright wins by underdogs. That's more in a week than we had any weekend last year throughout the entire football season and more in week one than we've seen since 1983. So we talk about the betting market being so fluid in the first month of the regular season. Well, we saw a lot of dogs win outright and something obviously we have not seen in several decades. I want to start at the Ralph. So much went right for the Bills last year. They really answered every challenge and obviously made a deep playoff run. Josh Allen getting some buzz in terms of the MVP race. And it looked good early, right? 10 nothing at halftime. Steelers had not even advanced the ball into Buffalo's side of the 50-yard line. So a really dominant performance. And a similar to what we saw last year when they played on Sunday night late in the season's real low-scoring game, and then Buffalo took control in the second half. Well, this time, it was all Pittsburgh in the second half. And I'll say this. I don't know if this was the scheme or the difference maker, but Josh Allen had a career-high 51 pass attempts, but he was only blitzed on one of those dropbacks. That's 1.8%. Lowest blitz rate he has ever faced in his career. So remember the Steelers, hey, they blitzed a league high 40.5% last year. So maybe they decided to change it up, throw a giant curveball. Maybe Buffalo wasn't expecting that. So certainly a uh, surprise and a unique look. Maybe that caught him off guard, although that would maybe catch Allen off guard in the first half, but it wasn't the case. Anyways, 10-0 Buffalo the first half. All Pittsburgh in the second even got a blocked bunt. And uh, Pittsburgh started off great last year. Remember, 11-0. Stumbled down the stretch. We'll see if that happens again this year, but they're making a, one last push, if you will, maybe under Big Ben. Pittsburgh now, uh, Big Ben 8-2 and two against the spread as an underdog in his last 10 starts. We'll go to another morning game. Cardinals really wire-to-wire controlled this game, go into Tennessee, dominate, win 38-13. Kyler Murray, spectacular. Five total touchdowns, four of them via the air. Chandler Jones was a stud, five sacks as well. We always talk about Ryan Tannehill and the overs, right? The game actually went under, landed 51, which was exactly the score going into the fourth quarter. The over-under was 54, and it's still no points in the fourth quarter. So Tannehill now 21-5-1 and 
to the over in regular season games since joining the Titans. Something had to give, though, because all eight Arizona games on the road last year went under, as did this one this year, although the bagel in the fourth quarter kind of misleading there. But Arizona, nice 1-0 out of the gates. And we talk about the NFC West being so difficult. All four teams in that division won their non-division games to, uh, today and Sunday. And that includes the Seattle Seahawks, who went into Indy, kind of took control. Colts had a lot of aggressive approach, fourth quarter going for it and things like that. Excuse me, fourth down going for it. But it probably wouldn't have mattered. Russell Wilson was excellent, four passing touchdowns. He's now in eastern time zones. Remember all that narrative about West Coast teams going east can't win? Well, that wasn't the case, and that's not been the case. He's been awesome since 2018. Uh, 30 pass touchdowns, five interceptions, 13-1 and one record. Overall, Tyler Lockett had another big game. Colts have struggled. Remember last year, so many eliminator entries got bounced in that loss in Jacksonville. It's actually eight straight losses for Indy in the season. Opener, longest active streak in that case. Carson Wentz looked fine. Over 250 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Um, remember, he led the NFL in turnovers last year, despite not even playing the entire season because he got benched in favor of Jalen Hurts. But Wentz reunited with Frank Reich. I'd say the verdict is still out on that front, but the Seahawks, really the NFC West, looks formidable and that includes the 49ers and this one was epic epic twitter going nuts i'm not sure i've seen a bad beat like this look all bad beats are really awful we think they're sort of separate themselves but this one was spectacular because the niners dominated led by 28 points in the third quarter by 24 points with two minutes to go the line closed nine and a half even people got an eight eight and a half we talked about it on the bonanza Talked about it on Daily Wager about teasing this one down early in the week, grabbing the 8 and f It would likely to go up. Sure enough, Jared Goff, maybe it's not Matthew Stafford who is all about the backdoor covers. Maybe it's just any Detroit Lions QB because in his Lions debut, Goff was all over the place slinging it. They got back-to-back two-point conversions as well. Even getting the last touchdown after an onside kick that did the double bounce, hit the guy in the face off the Niners guy's face mask. Just a comedy of errors. I was heavy on San Francisco at some good numbers, seven half, eight, and eight and a half. So I got beat on a couple of them, pushed. Just a ridiculous beat. Um, just remarkable. But it is what it is. Uh, it happens. I had to take a little bit of a walk like most of us do. But Trey Lance did get in the game, threw a touchdown pass as well. Debo Samuel was great. Running back Elijah Mitchell. As we know, Shanahan just churns out running backs. And it was a dominating performance for a team. Two years removed from the Super Bowl. Trying to get back now that they are healthy, but in garbage time, the, the score was a lot closer than it looked. This, it was a one-sided game. Detroit does look like it will be as bad on defense as it has been. And by the way, it always goes over, and I'm looking for the note. Tons of season openers for the Lions have gone over the total, so clearly not really prepared from a coaching standpoint, at least defensively. Wild finish in Cincinnati. The Vikings were trailing most of the game. A couple times the Bengals had a chance to ice it, didn't get it done. And we go to overtime with a field goal at the buzzer in regulation and at the buzzer in OT. First time that's ever happened in NFL history. And by the way, Minnesota's 53-yarder at the end of regulation put the game over the 47. So some sweating of the point spread, or at least the over-under on that front. But the Bengals get the road win, one of those underdogs who won outright on Sunday. And uh, Joe Burrow, great to see him back from injury. Jamar Chase's former LSU teammate had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown so their chemistry from Baton Rouge certainly carrying over at home here in Cincinnati Jalen Hurts who I've been very critical of dominant performance for the Eagles albeit against a Falcons team that's 
not supposed to really overwhelm anyone, but Hurts had 264 yards passing, three touchdowns, also 60-plus on the ground. So he and Kyler Murray, very similar performances, road wins, and dual threat. Devontae Smith, obviously the Heisman Trophy winner, six catches, 71 yards. This is a game I didn't really watch a whole lot, didn't really care about this game, but was interested to see if the Eagles were uh, a little bit different look and kind of picking up where they left off when Jalen Hurts had some success at the end of last year. Rookie quarterbacks, we saw five right drafted at the top of the draft. Uh, three made their starts. Uh, we're starting this weekend. Obviously, Justin Fields got some time. Sunday night is not a starter. And Sam Darnold was involved in the trade, the revenge tour, if you will. Panthers opened up a huge lead, and boy, was this special. A kicking-is-for-losers moment to the nth degree. 0-0 in the first quarter. Matt Rule on fourth and about six on the 33-yard line of the Jets punts it. Net 18 yards, something like that. Just insane. I joked about on Twitter that I almost want to, like, in the in the shades of name that tune, I want to see him, Vrabel, all these conservative coaches just kind of like, where where do you draw? Where's the line of demarcation you won't punt? It's like, I'll punt. I'm willing to punt at the 32. I'm willing to punt the 31. It's just insane. But Matt Rule gets the win. Jets miss a two-point conversion late. For the backdoor cover of plus three and a half, there were some five and a halfs earlier in the week. The Panthers officially cover with the closing number. Good to see Christian McCaffrey back. Nearly 100 yards, both rushing and receiving his first action since November. Very limited, battled injuries last year. Another rookie quarterback, the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, in a game that many of us kind of wanted to see, but we didn't. It was one of those things you had to look. It was like a car accident. Texans light him up the Jags behind Tyrod Taylor, 37-21. High uh, scoring game. This is interesting. Everyone's writing off Houston, and I certainly am too, but they get the win. They were 30-1 to to win the AFC South. The other three teams lost, so they are alone in first place, at least for one game. We'll see if it materializes. Mark Ingram, even 85 yards of Houston, so kind of a reclamation project with Ingram and Tyrod Taylor, but it's going to be a tough sledding for Urban Meyer. It's not the same. It's just going into Columbus and wreaking havoc in the Big Ten. The NFL, obviously... Much different situation when you take over a team that was 1-15 last year. And the third rookie quarterback that started was Mac Jones. We know the story with Belichick and all that. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, age 23. So he's he's the first one, excuse me, the second one to get a win at Gillette all during the Belichick era and all that. Pretty impressive stuff. Now the defense came up with it. Four fumbles for the Patriots, two for loss, including a late one. I believe Damian Harris was the one as the Patriots were could have kicked the go-ahead field goal. They're right in that range in the red zone, maybe even a touchdown to create more of a gap. But Miami, kind of a low-scoring game. We expected 33 total points. And underdogs do typically cover last decade or so. It's been a great bet underdog in division games and season openers, right? They're supposed to be tight. We're not really sure who's better. That's sort of the narrative that applies to that betting trend. Now let's go to the afternoon games. Some craziness. We'll start in Jacksonville, right? The neutral side game for the Packers and Saints. Aaron Rodgers, no touchdowns, two picks, just completely flat. You wonder if the offseason carried over. Not really sure if they just weren't ready to play in Florida. Who knows? But it was all Jameis Winston, five passing touchdowns, but didn't even throw for a buck 50. Kind of crazy game. They won by a 35. Saints win 38-33. And, hey, look, we talked about Jameis Winston for a lot. 20-1 to long shot to win comeback player of the year. He's now among the favorites. And the Saints replace Breeze. No Michael Thomas. It's one game, but Kamara's still doing his stuff. We'll see if the Saints are frisky and a playoff contender. We'll see if Michael Thomas comes back later in the year as well. 
but Sean Payton has his court his new quarterback. And even Taysom Hill got some action as well. So this one was just a head scratcher. We're going to have to figure out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. I imagine the MVP odds are going to change when they're posted on Monday. Broncos-Giants, kind of what we expected. Low-scoring game, Denver defense dominated. Just a funny fun fact, Broncos were the only team in the entire NFL last year that were not a favorite in any game. So think about that. All the bad teams, Jets, Jaguars. No, Denver was the only team not favored. Probably some of it because of their tough division. But Teddy Bridgewater, who's a covering machine, Gets it done. Saquon Barkley, good to see him back, but still held under 30 yards for the third straight game. Daniel Jones, turnovers galore. Most in the NFL since 2019. Tough defense, I get it, but at some point he's got to start delivering, especially to justify that high draft pick. Giants have only won one season open in the last 11 years, but the road chalk, the line movement and all that, it was about a one-point favorite close three, three and some juice in favor of the Denver Broncos, and they took control of this game and uh, never let it go. And the the game in the afternoon slot was Chiefs-Browns. And there was some steam on the Browns. It was it was about six and a half, got to six, closed around five. So it was a chic pick. Remember, this is a Cleveland team that has not won a season opener since 2004. Just a ridiculous run. 0-15-1, they had a tie in there as well. They'd only covered four times as well. They did cover this game, though, but barely as Patrick Mahomes leads the comeback, and the defense made some plays. We weren't sure if that defense was legit under Spags, but he seems to have turned it around. This total was 55, second highest week one total in the last three decades, still went over, landed 62, and Mahomes, just a stat line, 337, three passing touchdowns. How about being undefeated in your career in September, 11-0, and then this is ridiculous. 35 touchdowns, no interceptions. So truly remarkable. I'm on him to be the MVP. I bet him at plus 550. I said by week three, he won't be a favorite. I believe they have Baltimore next week. And that'll be interesting, the higher profile gains. But if the Chiefs keep churning out wins and they're giving up a lot of points and he's the difference maker, so to speak, then that's going to obviously help his MVP campaign. A lot of protection, although he escaped a lot of pass rushes as well. So it wasn't just like a totally short up offensive line, but much better than we saw in the uh, Super Bowl, and that was obviously the Achilles heel that they addressed in the offseason via the trade and signing some um, signing uh, free agents as well. So, uh, by the way, uh, Kansas City, I wrote this kind of mini piece for our behind our best bets column. They were the darling of the – Patrick Mahomes is the darling of the bookmakers and the bettors last year because the betting public continued to back Mahomes, but the Chiefs did cover. Dating back to last year, including the playoffs, they are – 2-10 and ten ATS. So it's crazy, right? They covered that one game in New Orleans where it closed 2.5, but it was 3.5, 4 all week, and then got to 3 on game. Anyways, they just would not cover. Of course, they lost the Super Bowl, but they didn't, didn't cover much, did not cover the five-point spread here, only winning by four games. And then in the nightcap, it was all Rams. Bears hung around, though, got the touchdown. Who knows how it would have played out if that opening drive for Chicago, they didn't have the tipped pick in the end zone, even though they just got a field goal. But it, the Rams were, were awesome. Matthew Stafford, as advertised, did not play in the preseason, but he was zinging around. I've never seen Sean McVay look happier on the sideline. Stafford made the plays. Bears not the most difficult opponent, but I thought Dalton played better than I expected. The old line I thought played better than I expected, but the Rams do get the win and cover. So like I said, the entire NFC West won their game. Uh, it's going to be a grueling run, but I think the Rams are legit championship contenders. I think the Niners are as well. We'll see. We'll be at Seattle, and maybe Arizona gets frisky and gets into the postseason. But a a fun, uh, fun for the most part, 
opening Sunday. Didn't love the bad beat I had on the Niners. Didn't love the fact that the books won, but that's bound to happen many times. So hopefully we just get one of them out of the way. But uh, Chiefs come back from 12 points down and get the win. So that was probably the highlight in the uh, the entire slate of games. Although the upsets and the craziness, we had overtime. We had a little bit of everything. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out just exactly how Aaron Rodgers played so poorly. I know the Saints defense is pretty solid, but that was pretty remarkable. Uh, looking ahead to Monday Night Football right here in Las Vegas at the Big Al. We know about the Ravens' injuries. This line's about four. Opened around six. I want to say even six and a half. Got bet down immediately in the middle of the summer by some sharp groups. Think at four, four and a half. I have to stay away. There's no way I want to bet on the Raiders here, although the crowd will be great and a lot of electricity in there the first time fans are in the house in a regular season game for a Raider game. But I just don't trust that Raiders defense. I still think Lamar Jackson is special and dynamic. He's actually, remember we talked about in the summer, more underneath snaps and last year they had the fewest percentage in the nfl so i expect him to throw more over one and a half passing touchdowns is my play at plus 110 team total around 27 so you figure two field goals three touchdowns i say two of them are through the air they're lean at running back i don't think the raiders defense pass defense is really that um intimidating for the ravens coaching staff i think they're going to scheme accordingly and lamar jackson's taking significant steps every season that he's been in the NFL as a starter and improved his passing game. So I think the uh, Ravens, at least in the receiving game, although Bateman's out, I believe, are going to have enough weapons, and I think they get they put up points. We'll see about Oakland, or excuse me, Vegas, because I know Waller's there, and uh, I imagine Chucky, John Gruden, will have some things up his sleeve. A little college recap craziness, right? It's the old eye test really didn't deliver because so much of what happened in week one, there were teams that just kind of responded after playing poorly and some teams that were kind of fat and happy after playing well. Look at Notre Dame. Big win on Sunday night, short week, nearly loses to Toledo. Kind of should have lost if you really will. But even the team that played in that game, Florida State, they were sort of short week, kind of riding high off such an, you know, obviously going to overtime with a team so highly ranked. Looking past Jacksonville State, 28-point favorites and get beat on the craziest Hail Mary I've ever seen in terms of the most inept defense I've seen in such scenario. That was the highlight. Obviously, it started on Saturday with Oregon going into the horseshoe as a 14-and-a-half-point dog, getting the outright win. I'll say this, that I'm going to do some more research about future tickets and write something for ESPN.com's chalk section on, on Tuesday. Pump the brakes about writing anyone off. Remember, Ohio State won the national championship after losing at home to an unranked Virginia Tech team. Maybe it was on the road. I know it was Virginia Tech. But it was in September, and they ended up winning it all on a third-string quarterback. So there are plenty of ways to get in to the playoff with a September loss, especially out of conference. The Buckeyes run the table in the Big Ten. They can get there. Uh, another team that sort of uh, came off the mat after getting its tail kicked in was Stanford. Looked gross against Kansas State in the opener. Went to the other quarterback. I wrote about it expecting more from him. I didn't expect this. McKee was awesome, and they went into the Coliseum and compete, completely punked Clay Helton and the USC Trojans. Helton back on the hot seat. Don't know how he's still there. Um, he's well-liked, all those, all that good stuff, but the team was clearly unprepared, and Helton really never delivers as a favorite, as a betting favorite, uh, although in week one they did. But this was a big, t uh, big opportunity here, and Stanford just kind of manhandled them. And we're throwing late, so hats off to David Shaw for not playing too conservatively and delivering some knockout blows down the stretch. And... I don't know what other takeaways we had um, in college. That, the big one was obviously Oregon early, 
and then some excitement at night and things like that. Uh, we had some picks on the podcast last week. Some hit, some did not. And uh, putting a bow on it, Parker, the producer, Parker, first time here on the podcast. Welcome, sir. Am I missing anything from the weekend, the football weekend? No, sir, I don't believe you are. Parker used to live here in Las Vegas. Um, I know I, I, some of my picks were beating up on the Mac. I know that was a real headline grabber. We got there with a couple of the picks. But, yeah, nothing really stood out to me outside of that. We're going to start seeing some more conference play. I, Iowa, Iowa State stood out. Obviously, that's where game day was. I wasn't that surprised. Maybe by the by the margin of victory. But I, I thought Iowa certainly had a chance to go in there and win. They've, they had won five straight meetings. And we had Greg McElroy on Daily Wager talking about how the defensive Iowa State was structured to beat Big 12 teams or defend Big 12 teams, the passing attack, not a ground game in the trenches that Iowa brings. So that's sort of the just a bad matchup for the Cyclones. Or maybe they're not that good. Kirk Ferentz, hats off to him. They've owned the state of Iowa, and uh, they look really good out of the gates. I don't think my underseason win total is going to get there of eight and a half, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. So that's going to do it for this edition of Daily Wager Extra. Again, we have the Between the Lines Megacast Monday night on ESPN Plus. The entire gang with the NFL Live crew. We're going to have a lot of time, a lot of fun discussing in-game betting as Ravens, Raiders evolves, and hopefully have some money-making opportunities with just really cool presentation. And it's a unique way to watch a game, as you guys all know. And it's probably the future, if you ask me. And a lot of us kind of think along those lines. But we have a lot of fun, and the Daily Wager will be back on Tuesday in the usual time slot, as will this podcast in the mornings, and we'll do a lengthier one on Thursday like we did last week. So congratulations for everyone making it through the offseason of football. College football is back, obviously, and NFL is back with an eventful Sunday, a win for the bad guys with the sports books, but we will get them next time. (laughs) 